is Market Open Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations and insights from leading ASX-listed companies. We welcome our host, Stuart Walters, for another episode, where he'll talk to the individuals behind Australia's top companies of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of Market Open Podcast. Today's guest is Chris Piggott, Managing Director of Lewin Metals, ASX code LM1. Chris Piggott is a geologist who has proven his eye for discovery. He was part of the team that defined Nova Bollinger and was senior geologist at Bellevue Gold when the company discovered deposits holding over 3 million ounces of gold. Now as managing director of Lewin Metals, he has picked up the discovery trail for lithium and nickel in Canada's Manitoba province. Chris, thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Great to be here. Reassays of historical cores at your Cross Lake project have returned multiple instances of shallow, high-grade lithium. What is the history of this project and how did you come to acquire it? Yeah, so we're relatively new to the ASX. We listed in March um, this year, 2023. Um, and since then, we've been pretty busy across both of our projects. Um, but what we took to IPO was two projects mainly, um, the William Lake Nickel Project and the Cross Lake Lithium Project. Um, the Cross Lake Lithium Project, we've been able to kind of really advance that project this year pretty um, quickly, I think. Uh, you know, we've done field work. We've done reassays of a bunch of holes out there. Um, and those holes were initially drilled by Tanko in the 80s that had never been assayed for lithium. Um, so when you look at the history of that project, um, it's an old tantalum prospect. Uh, you know, you can look at a lot of examples of companies that are drilling out tantalum prospects that are now lithium deposits or mines. Um, this had a similar type history. People were exploring there for tantalum. They drilled LCT type pegmatites uh, where they intersected these pegmatites who have got anomalous values of tantalum and tin, uh, but they never assayed for lithium. <clears throat> so as part of our review process and project gen that we did uh, in Manitoba at the time, we identified this project area and we were able to acquire it. Um, and from there, we worked up the project. We found the historic holes that had never been assayed for lithium and we assayed nine of those holes um, of the 23. And I think, you know, importantly, we were the first company to ever really assay those holes for lithium. Um, so we've essentially taken a, you know, some drill logs, um, uh, an occurrence, um, and then now we've been able to demonstrate that there's economic grades of lithium over decent widths there. Um, and from that, some of the highlights include 24.96 meters at 1.09% lithium from six meters. Uh, that hole had another 9.8 meters at almost 1.2% lithium. Um, and then additionally, there's even zones at seven meters at almost 2% lithium. Um, and importantly, now we've been out there, done the field work, uh, had all those reassays received. Uh, we've got a bit of confidence in the geological model and we can see that already there's over 700 meters of strike there, um, more broadly within kind of a 4.7 kilometer strike of, of LCT pegmatites. Uh, that we we saw when we did our channel sampling and mapping this year um so overall like i think you know an ex tantalum prospect that now is getting a new life as a lithium project and and for us it's about what's the future you know next year we've got uh, a drill permit in we aim to be drilling out there in the first half of 2024 um so it's kind of pretty exciting for that project now where it's kind of sat under the radar as a old kind of lithium or tantalum occurrence and now being rebirthed as a, as a potential lithium find. So why do you think it's not been tested for lithium previously? I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't think the work had been necessarily been done. Um, it was a bit of detective work. Um, so we did the, the desktop review and identified that there was the, drill, the historic drilling. 
Um, but then the next step of actually trying to locate that core and then resample it just hadn't been done. Um, so through kind of some effort of ours, we went to the geological survey and we found nine of those holes there. Um, and we, you know, we had the chat with the geological survey and we sampled them. And I think from our side and their side, um, from the government side, it's like, well, there's this whole data set sitting in this kind of warehouse. Um, and it's kind of like you save these holes for, the, for exactly this type of reason, right? It's uh, these projects, these drill holes are drilled in the past and all of a sudden commodities become important and in this case you know lithium's obviously a lot more important than what it was in the 80s um, and now obviously it's worth something so us you know them giving us the opportunity to sample it um you know is is demonstrates why these these kind of geological surveys keep this core and for as a return you know they've now got a really exciting lithium prospect um and something that we're going to be progressing through exploration We'll be drilling holes out there next year. We'll be kind of, you know, investing money into the province, um, and you know, I can hopefully finding a, a deposit or a mine out there. Um, so that's the value of kind of preserving these historic core. And how good is the government to work with, being in a different jurisdiction? Yeah, so both of our kind of focus projects, are the William Light Nickel Project and the Cross Lake Lithium Project, are uh, they both in Manitoba? I think when people think of um, Canadian exploration companies, they kind of gravitate towards um, Quebec and Ontario. Um, but Manitoba is a little bit under the radar as far as the jurisdiction goes in North America. It's got a lot of things going for it. Um, geographically, it's in the center of Canada. So, uh, you know, just by being in the middle, you kind of have access to a lot of supply chains. Um, you also have access to a lot of rail. Uh, so our lithium project's about 100 kilometers from a railhead. Um, there's also a lot of hydropower in Manitoba. Uh, most of their hydropowers, or most of their power is generated by hydro. Um, and obviously it's got a low carbon, well, zero carbon footprint. But additionally, it's relatively cost effective when you compare it to like diesel cost per kilowatt hour type scenario. Um, similar to what Quebec, um, you know, people quote. Um, so from that point of view, it's, it's just got a lot of natural advantages. Um, but then on a kind of government, you know, operating level, it's been really good. Geologically, it's got, you know, a lot of stuff going for it. It's got the Thompson Nickel Belt, which is, you know, a world-class nickel belt. And it's got an actual tantalum, cesium, lithium tin mine there as well in at Tanko um, down south in Manitoba. So um, there's a lot of kind of experience and knowledge on lithium and LCT pegmatites there. Um, and I think from where we are sitting, we've been there for two years. Uh, we've definitely seen, um, you know, leaps and yeah, it's leapt ahead as far as uh, process and government relations and, and everything like that that you want to see. Um, so from operating there, you know, there's plenty of um, skilled contractors, draw rigs, um, service providers, uh, geophysics. It's all kind of available in Manitoba, but you're also able to access stuff outside of the province. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, it's a really good place to be exploring. Uh, additionally, you know, we... We recently received $300,000 of co-funding as well from the, the province as Canadian. Um, so not only are you seeing at a federal level support for critical metal projects, you're also seeing it like at the grassroots level. And, you know, for a company like us getting $300,000 Canadian cash into our bank, um, that just enables us to do more exploration and kind of deliver a bit more value um, and stretch things further along. And um yeah, it's, it's good for them because we're a company investing in the ground and doing exploration, but they're also kind of indicating to us that 
you know, as a province, they're really getting behind exploration and want to see this industry grow. Do you get on the ground over there and have you got any trips planned? Uh, yeah, so I've probably spent three or four months there this year. Um, probably won't be going back before Christmas. But yeah, definitely when we're drilling next year, want to be there. Um, you know, it was only over there a couple of weeks ago. We were doing our channel sampling and mapping. And even when we were drilling, our nickel was there as well. And I think that's kind of part of it. You know, we're, we're a really small team and um, we're focused. And we know that, you know, you've got to kind of get in and, and have a go and make sure that you're supporting what's happening out in the field um, to make sure that, that you know, exploration is happening in a cost-effective manner. Um, and then hopefully delivering the results that we can then put to market and, and demonstrate the kind of opportunity that, that Lewin has there. You've also recorded some high-grade nickel sulphide hits at William Lake. What is the potential scale of the system there? William Lake was the project we initially took to IPO as our kind of flagship. Um, and we know that it's a large-scale nickel system. There's you know prospects with a couple of kilometres strike on it. At just W56 alone, there's over two kilometres of strike. And that's where we put out a couple of really good uh, drill hits there. So we drilled one hole that was 22 metres at 1%, including 1.35 at 5% nickel. Uh, we also drilled another hole two k's away in the south that delivered six and a half at two and a half percent nickel. Um, and I think it goes back to this the overview of, of what Lewin's about and why we're in Manitoba and in Canada. It's these projects, these commodities, whether it's nickel or lithium, they're really critical to, you know, the energy transition. And, you know, while short-term market fluctuations happen, um, there is going to be a supply chain built up and there will be battery factories built and nickel and lithium are both critical to that kind of um, emergence of that, that industry, whether that's in Canada or in America more broadly. Um, so from that point of view, like our projects, you know, we've got projects of scale that have real technical merit and hopefully um, at a certain point in time, we're able to feed that market. Prices are down, but there is a lot of action in lithium now. Where do you see the market heading? Overall, I mean, the market is what it is. We, we can't control um, those factors. But what we can do is make sure we're, you know, efficient with our cash. Um, you know, last quarterly, we still got $4.2 million in the bank. Uh, we've put most of our money in the ground. Our, our you know, GNA is quite low. Um, and from that point, I think when you have good projects, at some point, you know, the market will recognize it. And um, we're just focusing on the things we can control. And so, you know, we've been able to do quite a lot of work. You know, we've drilled some good nickel intercepts. We've able to unlock a lot of value at our lithium project, demonstrating that there's wide zones of high-grade lithium there. Um, we've also got, you know, a handful, 30, over 30 channel samples still outstanding uh, from that field work as well. And that should demonstrate the kind of sheer scale of the lithium project. Um, I think, you know, everyone's kind of hopeful that next year is going to be more, more optimistic. I think more broadly, I think you're seeing kind of, you know, interest rates affecting, you know, people's discretionary spending and, and ability to kind of like uh, get into the market and, and maybe the risk off capital as well. But, you know, I think from us, when we listed, uh, we took these two projects, we've been able to work them up and advance them and I think add a lot of value to them. Um, and I think, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to do that. And, and you know, the thematic from when we listed as well, right? We listed at the beginning of the year, um, you look at North American supply chains uh, you know, resource nationalism, you know, sovereign risk, uh, you know, the geopolitics of these metals. Um, it's definitely got more intense in the last year in that regard. And from that point of view, you know, Lewin is kind of well positioned, I think, to ride that wave as 
North American supply chains develop and, and things like the Inflation Reduction Act um, start to become more and more relevant to the pricing of these commodities. So that was going to be my next question. You must feel like you've positioned Lewin well for shareholders to capitalise. We're, we're very happy with how it's going. And um, over the year, we've seen some things, whether it's, you know, various things happening in Africa or South America um, or even Indonesia and nickel. Um, you kind of see a lot of these um, matters develop in the market. And, and you know, these companies get, they get hurt by these kind of external factors. And being in Canada, you're in a tier one jurisdiction. You have the rule of law. You've got certainty of tenure. Um, you've got kind of a good regulatory framework. Um, it just makes sense that, you know, when you're looking for these metals, doing this work, that you want certainty in, in that regard. And, and, you know, the risk should be on the geology. That's where you're putting the upside as well. And if you find something, you want to know that you own it the whole way. Um, and from that point of view, Lewin being in Canada, it's, um, yeah, we're very comfortable with how we've been able to kind of progress the company in that regard. And yeah, like Canada is a great place to explore. It's, um, it's relatively easy. Um, you know, you have to deal with Canadians and sometimes it gets a bit cold, <laughs> but all in all, it's, it's similar to being, you know, like you're exploring in a tier one jurisdiction and, and you're dealing with Western type, you know, cultures and, and rules and regulations. So yeah. And I think over time we'll be able to ride that thematic of, you know, North American supply chains and the, the development of critical metals supply chains in North America. You have what you call three other complementary projects on the books. Anything exciting happening there? Well, we talk mostly about our Canadian projects because most of our efforts are focused in Manitoba um, at our Cross Lake and William Lane Nickel project. But we do have a pool of projects in Western Australia. We, um, we did peg some ground a couple of years ago now in the Gascoigne. Uh, there we're seeing anomalous rare earths in some soils. Uh, we've got some rock chips that show, you know, anomalous elevated type lithium values. Um, much earlier stage, but I think it's important for a company like Lewin is to, you know, constantly look at doing value add work uh, for relatively cost effective exploration methods. And yeah, we, you know, we are very focused on exploration uh, in Manitoba, but more broadly exploration. We are an exploration company and realize that um, good exploration can deliver spectacular returns. Um, throw in a little bit of luck and, um, you know, but then on the other hand, you do make your own luck a bit. So you've got to be doing the work. And we've been doing soil sampling, rock chipping, you know, field mapping, things like that across our gas coin. And we've also got a marble bar project up there as well. So, you know, we're looking to further expand on that. We did some soils out there and we, we, we're waiting those assays still from, from that work. But, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to advance the portfolio across multiple projects and, and see what kind of comes out of it. And as you know, you know, there's a lot of value uh, generated in West Australian projects. So it's nice to be able to potentially tap into that if we um, end up finding something. So what will the focus be for Lewin in the next 12 months? Yeah, so 2024, it's really about drilling out Cross Lake and that'll be our immediate focus. Um, and then so, you know, going forward from now, it's like we've got 30 channel samples still outstanding, uh, over 200 samples in the lab. Uh, so that'll kind of, come to market in the next few weeks to months potentially um and then you know about progressing the drill permit and ultimately drilling you know meters out at cross lake we, we put in ten thousand meter drill permit out there and we're aiming to drill out there in the first half of next year um and we might you know stage that over a couple of phases and 
and assess, but we've got a good handle on the geological model. We we broadly know where we want to be drilling. We want to be following up historical drill tar, uh, drill, drill results. Um, and from there, I think we've developed a bit of a framework for for where we can go as far as what the potential size of um, you know any resources are out there. So it's early days, but I think already we've got a good control. We've got a good 3D model um, with with a bit more drilling and and some good um, assays from that. You know, we're on our way to potentially developing you know something could be real real significance out there at Cross Lake. You've got exciting projects in great locations. I look forward to seeing how the LM1 story evolves over the next 12 months. Chris, thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Thank you very much, Stuart. It's been great. That concludes another episode of Market Open Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, Twitter, rss.com and marketopen.com.au. Until next time, happy investing. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of this material as legal tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. Market Open and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent, legal, financial taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Market Open or any third party to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments in this or any jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the security laws of such jurisdiction.